Welcome to Passion for Collecting, the official podcast of CAS, where we talk everything collectibles from toys to sports memorabilia. And now here are your hosts, the Chris Whitlock and Anthony Spinnick. Hey there, Collectibles fans. I'm Chris Whitlock from CAS, and welcome to CAS Presents Passion for Collecting. Passion for Collecting is brought to you by Collector Archive Services. It's the official podcast of Collector Archive Services. Visit our website at collectorarchive.com to learn more about grading and preserving collectible toys, video games, and sports memorabilia. I am here with my co-host, Anthony Spinicki and Ross Barr. Oh, wait. No Ross Barr. So... <laughs> Ross, poor Ross, poor Ross, Ross is um, taking a, a trip over the pond and uh, going to be spending a couple of days in the United Kingdom. So it, it is just Anthony and I, and I already feel like I have more power and control over this podcast, and I love it. Love power. it, love it, love it. <laughs> power! Unlimited power! <laughs> yeah, to Ross's defense, he actually did try to uh, to join us from his uh, bougie business class uh, yes. seat. Yes. We actually got to, we got to see him for a little bit, but the connection was horrible. So yes. he had to drop off. So he tried, though. He, he, so. gave, he gave it the old college try. Um, but um, I'm glad that it's just you and I, and we can uh, not have to mute me. And um, I don't have to worry about <laughs> anybody being mean to me. So this is just the best podcast ever. <laughs> the best, the best, the best. Um, so we, this is uh, podcast news. Welcome to the news. A um, couple of things I want to talk about uh, before we get on to our guest spotlight, which we do have a very interesting one. Um, it, we are we'll be interviewing the, um, well, the champion of what the CAS know, because I, I was, was defeated <clears throat> in, in, in very decisive fashion. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe Whoa, it. You know, so. Uh, some of it was well, up to the draw, but boy, oh boy, yeah, he knew. Well, let's be fair here, Chris. Like, it, there wasn't a lot of, I don't want to spoil too much so people will listen to that episode or watch it on YouTube, but it wasn't your our usual uh, format. Well, it was our usual format, but it wasn't the same type of content, right? Like, yeah. we, it wasn't a lot of Star Wars and action figures. It was we a had bit more sports based, and, and I, I, I minor in sports, we'll say, but, you know, like uh, th- there were a couple of questions that you could tell that with uh, Kevin being much more of a sports fan. He had just a, a broader based knowledge. And so, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I still think he did. All right. I mean, I, I'm happy you were dethroned. I'm not going to lie about that, uh, but you know, I'm just sore. I mean, it's still, cause that a Hordak, but I, I'm still sore about it. So I'm relishing it's right. this. It's all right. So anyhow, <laughs> anyhow, um, but yeah, so uh, CAS has been uh, busy. We actually were, you, you usually do keep ourselves busy, but a couple weeks ago we were at uh, ICC Con. Uh, we teased that a little bit on the last podcast and talked about, you know, how that show had kind of been growing and, and it looked like it was going to be a big show and a lot of really cool signers. And whoa, <laughs> that show was outstanding. Oh, the feedback now- that I saw, I didn't go, but I, the feedback I saw online and on the Facebook groups, people were saying, I mean, hands down, probably best best collector convention there is comparing it to star wars celebration so yeah, that's that's celebration amazing is, is everything star wars and this was an icc i would say is really collectibles heavy um there was so much stuff there so much you know star wars per square foot um the autograph the autograph guests were amazing hmm. um uh, michael haven's ability to have staff that managed that situation um, was amazing. And then, you know, even like th- some of those really cool experiences, like so Ashley Eckstein, who um, does the voice act- acting for um, 
Ahsoka Tano was there, and she's always very, very popular. Um, and uh, you know, they had sold a lot of tickets out Saturday night, and and there was no way by t- by the time the the show was going to close, there was no way she was going to get done. And so she just stayed until eight o'clock. Oh, that's nice. And kept signing for people until it was done. And and I heard from somebody that um, this this gentleman was coming to the show, and his friend wanted an Ahsoka Tano autograph, so he bought the ticket, stood in line, and she's like, "Oh, do you want it made out to you?" He's like, "Well." It's actually not for me. It's for uh, my, my friend. She's like, well, why isn't he here? He's like, well, you know, he couldn't come here. She's like, well, try to get him on FaceTime really quick. Oh. <laughs> like, how awesome is that? That's yeah, very nice. Right? Yeah. I, so, all the people posting pictures with her all said how nice she was. Even if they ran ran into her out to dinner, she was very friendly. Very so down I, to earth. So and a lot then of I'll that. Tell you, somebody else I want to shout out um, is uh, Sean Crawford. He, he's uh, the, the gentleman that played Yak Face. And he's been, I think, at all the ICCs, and he was at this one. The cool thing about him is he just hangs out with you. So <laughs> so when there was room sales, he was at room sales. I saw him walking down the hallway. I mean, you know, <laughs> he's just out there hanging out with the people. And it's just like, like you know, so you go to these, and the, these celebrities are, are, are put on a pedestal, and you're lucky if you get eight seconds with them. Um, one of the differences of ICC is that, man, these people are right there with you. They're, they're staying in the same hotel. You know, you see them at lunch. Even even Anthony Daniels walked around the show floor. Wow. You know, yeah, it was actually really cool to see him, you know, just out there, re- walked right by the CAS booth, um, you know. And then one thing I did, in fact, I'll show you really quick. I have, I have here, um, is, you know, I, I've started doing autographs myself. Um, and uh, so I have, uh, so James Arnold Taylor, he was there. And uh, he signed. Um, ah, yeah, the voice know. actor, right? Yep, yeah, yep. And then uh, Matt. Very cool. Matt Lutner. Um, he was. Uh, he played Anakin, and mm. uh, you know, having in these nice uh, paint pens, and it looks absolutely beautiful. Uh, it was fun to actually. So, um, Matt Matt was great, and I. Uh, but James, um, you know, I mentioned this last year. He was there last year as well. But the whole time he's interacting with me, the whole time he's like known as a man of like you know a thousand voices the whole time he's doing he's signing this and we're interacting he's doing it in the obi-wan voice oh yeah i think so, he said that about that oh last my year because it was just i so actually funny. have a signed signed piece by him that you got for me last year yeah so that You're, was just it just so you know that's how memories are made right so uh so icc was fun um definitely got to be cool and then we um had our uh, bps display so our Bubble oh, preservation yes. uh, solution. I always get the name wrong because I had a, a working title for it the entire time it was in development, and like the week that uh, we launched it, Ross decided to change the name to try to make it sound a little more sophisticated. So I always get it wrong. Yeah, how how was that received? I'm Very curious. well. People okay. being able to see it, actually physically see it, um, it it really kind of opened a lot of eyes in, in, in what we're doing and why it's working. So uh, it was nice that and it was nice to. Um, to have that there, so we had a, a setup. I had uh, three Yodas. So for those of you who don't, we're not, we haven't officially launched Empire Strikes Back, but we have. If, if you have any of the first uh, thirty-two figures now, um, you you could send them in, and, and we can accommodate you for those. So I had a, a setup with Yoda, and I had three Yodas that that were um, that were there. Um, one um, is a forty-eight A that we have graded with the old style bubble protection, so you can kind of see what how things looked before i had uh one it's a 32 back graded with uh, um graded with the bubble protection you can see how how that looks 
almost invisible um, to the point that we've even started embossing CAS in the corner because That's people cool. were complaining yeah. that they couldn't see it. And then and then finally we have uh, a raw ungraded one just sitting out with a, um, a BPS sitting right next to it. And you can actually pick that BPS up and set it on the um, on the figure. And so that's really cool. And, and so people could actually interact with it and, and get a feel for what it is. And um, I, I will say this, every available figure that we took into the submission, every figure that was available for BPS, um, so the people... You'll People added it on. Yeah, yep. So I think it's a no-brainer. I mean, it's it's fifteen dollars, right? Fourteen ninety-nine. Yeah. And you mentioned it's available for the uh, first thirty-two at this point. Yeah, yeah with Yoda. Yeah. Yep. Um, that's fifteen dollars. A simple fifteen dollars, a mere fifteen dollars extra, I should say, yeah. protecting figures that are worth hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars. I think it's yes. a no-brainer. Yeah. I, I saw a yeah. Facebook post where you were talking to someone about it, and he just wasn't getting it. He was like, I, I don't understand the price point. You know, I can get a star case for a couple dollars or, a, um, you know, in a, a slip bottom case, but it, it's totally different. I mean, the, the yeah. point of the BPS is a solution to that that wasn't being uh, provided by a star case, right? Yeah. The, the, yeah. the figure uh, can still rattle around. Is, is, gen is a, a general case that fits all Star Wars figures. My Yoda BPS only fits Yoda. And only fits right. Empire Yodas because Jedi Yodas have no stem. So, you know, it, it's very, very specific to the bubble. Um, even though I've noticed, like, I, I'm working on the, the the second half of the Empire line. I'm, I'm going to, you know, release them all as one. And, for example, For Loam has a, um, a Unitoy and a Smile bubble. The bubbles are different. So one won't fit on the other. For so, Loam. What's that? For Loam? It's a, it's a long O. Long O? For Loam? Yeah. Well, hey, you know. For Loam. There's no magic E at the it's, end. It's Zuckus anyways, right? So four lam, four lam. Oh, be careful. You're going to piss people yeah. off. <laughs> yeah. But but I guess the point being is that, you know, so a star case will fit either a smile or a Unitoys. Um, but a BPS will only fit the one that's specified to that bubble. So, you know. Right, and, that's, and the problem we're trying to solve, or, or you did solve, is protecting the, the figure from busting through the top Correct. or the bottom of, yeah. of the, yeah. and, and a, a star case yeah. does not prevent that. A slip bottom case doesn't uh, grading it the old way, you know, without the BPS, it doesn't, this nope. specifically solves that problem. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, and, and realistically, if anybody's had a figure come crashing through the bubble and you ask yourself, you know, for 1499, would it have been worth it to protect it? And the answer always would have been yes. So, you know, I think that, I don't know. I mean, I, it's it's our it's it's our company. We set the price point, but uh, I think that price point is really uh, a good deal considering the amount of protection that you get for it. So, so yeah, ICC though, boy, folks. I, I know. I think Michael Havens is looking for a bigger venue hmm. um, next year because wow. the venue is actually really nice. How many people attended this year? Did, did you have a number? Approximately. I, I don't know the number, but I'll tell you what. It took it took more than an hour to get into the inn. If you wanted an autograph, it, it was more than an hour to get, you know, an, an autograph, um, an autograph ticket, and then you had to wait in line for the, the signers. After that, um, we were busy the whole time. It, there were times where we were were taking in five submissions at a time. I mean, it, this show was very busy. And you know, if you are a Star Wars collector, I mean, there were other things, but if you're a Star Wars collector, you do. I don't even think Celebration has as much as much vintage and modern collectibles as as they had there so it was just one of those things that 
Well, you know, to to that point, like one of the things that I picked up, and I actually um I, I had it graded quickly because I wanted I want to have it set up at the celebration show, but I picked up a sealed VHS tape of um the Ewok Adventure, the live action. Yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, Caravan of Courage. That... So the, the Ewok Adventure was the first oh. one. Caravan of... Okay. So the the Caravan I think was the second one, right? So um, so this is the, the first one. Um, it was a screener's copy. It was just, it was really cool. Um, so yeah, it just it tell you just the kind of things that you find there. You know? hmm. So awesome. Yeah, very very. I gotta try to go next year. I I'm bad. You I don't won't go to these. Regret shows. it. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, you know what? So the first time I went, um, I brought my family. And, uh, you know, there's stuff you can do on the way. So you you can stop in Kentucky, maybe do Mammoth Caves. You know, you can go to Nashville. Well, you know. I, I talked to Erica about it. She's like, Nashville, I'll go to Nashville. And, I, you know, and I'm like, well, you know, I'm not, we're not going to be seeing Nashville. Maybe you can. Uh, yeah, work it. So, but maybe well, maybe we could pick you back a day on the on the front exactly, or back end of it. Exactly. So, so yes, definitely a show I recommend. And uh, speaking of shows to recommend, uh, CES is going to be at a lot of upcoming shows. I want to... Um, kind of run down a list of where we're going to be um the next one is our, our biggest one of the year and one i am so geeked about a star wars celebration um that's our our, our biggest and I, mean, I love to i love to go to celebration so i and it's in anaheim california um right by disney i understand so i'm just ecstatic about that one so may 26th to the 29th we will be at star wars celebration uh july 24th we're going to be at king county um, August 28th, we're going to be at Columbus, uh, another really big show I've done. That'll be my third time doing Columbus. October 1st, we're going to be at Xenia, which is enormous too. Um, one of those shows that just goes on forever and ever. Uh, the very next day, Cincinnati. Uh, wait, wait, you, that, that, that last show is what? Xenia. Ah. Got to do it. There he is. I walked right into that one, folks. <laughs> Those of you that are not watching, Anthony is showing the uh, Xenia Warrior Princess with my yep. face can't, superimposed. Can't unsee it. There Ugh, you go. Gross. And for old time's sake, there's Dengar Chris the Dengar right Chris. there. I'll take the Dengar Chris over this <laughs> all day long, my friend. All day long. <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt. All right. So Xenia, October 1st, you said. Yeah. Right? Cincinnati, okay. October 2nd. That's just going to be a weekend of toy love. Uh, end of October is another Kane County, October 23. October 23rd. Um, and then what we just added to there is uh, the Rhode Island Comic Con, uh, November 4th to the 6th. Um, and then, Anthony, that's one that, you know, hopefully hopefully it works out. You can go to that show. We'll have to see. Is that something you're still thinking about? I'm going to try. I, I, I'm, we talked this week about it. I, I need to look at the schedule. But I'm going to try to make it. Yeah, okay. Ken's going to be there, right? Ken Lombardi's doing yeah, it. So, so, yeah, CAS will be there none, one way or the other. What? So one thing we're going to try to do is if Anthony can go, JSA is going to be there. Uh, they can authenticate your autographs, but we want to actually also we're considering putting a table in the autograph area, so that way you know if you're not, I guess if you're listening to this, you probably are familiar with CAS. But there are a lot of people out there that get things autographed that don't even know that CAS exists and don't know what we do for autographs. You know, with our, our gold label, you know, we, we take you know, authentic autographs and we encase them, and then the provenance is built into the the package itself. And uh, there are a lot of people that, that go to these autograph shows not knowing that this business exists. There is. Yeah. There's the. Uh... Yeah, and see, that's a great example. That's a really cool Darth Maul. Um, but you know, if Anthony went to go sell that, you know that that's a real legitimate autograph because the it has been you know um, authenticated and then put yep. in that case. Comes with um, the letter of authenticity. Yeah. So. Hey, does uh, this look familiar, Chris? Is this. Uh... The 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 label. No, the uh, Darth Maul. 
I've never this owned is, it. You see, I've seen. No, it. this particular one. This is the one from our commercial. Oh, it's, oh okay. The yeah. one you, yeah, yeah. The uh, so yeah, we actually do have a commercial showing, uh, you know, showing people that the, we're trying to really spread the word about autographs. I, to me, I was never an autograph collector until until uh, I, I I joined CAS and I learned what we do about it, and it has just changed my mind about autographs and, and wanting them. So uh, so yeah. Um, Definitely exciting. So you know, if, if Anthony can't be there, we'll just have the one table and um, and you know make your submissions. But hopefully, if you can show up, you know, there's a lot of really cool signers at that one, including my girl. Huh? Uh, I was gonna bring this up. I saw your Facebook post. Who'd you get to meet yesterday, Christopher? So I mean, and, and <laughs> I I don't think she loved me as much as I love her. But uh, Alicia Silverstone, I saw her yesterday at uh, Motor City Comic Con. She was another one of those similar to Ashley Eckstein, right? I mean, like they said they were going to close the line off um, for her to go to lunch, and there was probably 50 people still in line. And instead of making everybody wait or let the line dissipate, you know, she sat there and, and, and powered through everybody and um, and uh, got uh, and got through all the autographs. And um, you look she, so happy in those in that photo. Oh, yeah, I, you know, <laughs> I have my hand up, this big old man hand, like you know, whoa, you know, it's like. Uh, I should photo Photoshop that out, but um, but it was so cool. And she uh, she wrote on here like, should I leave a note, Ashley Silverstein? Ah. So I, I love it, and I'm a Jeep person, anyways. So or, uh, Ashley Silverstone. So yeah, the fact that um, that she did it in the silver paint pen, it's beautiful. Um, so yeah, I, I'm now an autograph fan. I now collect autographs. And, did she uh, ask you for your autograph? She did not. Uh, you know, what? the thing is, she she probably uh, didn't really realize that she was in the presence of greatness. Which, you know, her loss, her loss. I mean, you know, so. All right. So, but. Uh, well, I'm happy for you. Yes, I was, I was excited about that one. So. Yes, Have you did. been served a restraining order yet or no? Uh, no, but, you know, if, if you don't end up doing the, um, the Rhode Island show and I end up doing it, she may end up, you know, realizing that, uh, that her and I have a problem and it's both basically, basically a me problem. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's still so pretty and she was so nice. And uh, yeah, it was just a, a really cool experience. So, and she was a good sport. So, but yeah, so we're gonna be at Rhode Island, and we may—I'm just gonna say this as a maybe, because um, it's the same weekend as Rhode Island. It, it, it may depend on availability. Um, but uh, there's a Jackson Toy Show in Michigan. My only Michigan no. appearance this year it would be that one—a really, really big show. Um, so there is but, also there, and I don't know the dates offhand, but there there is a. ToyCon New Jersey and a ZoloCon again each this year. Okay. I couldn't and find the ToyCon. I forgot about ZoloCon. I tried to look. So I, I want to say it's in October uh, in Wayne, New Jersey, but okay. the, it's it's very possible that we will be at those two as well. But as we get closer, we we you know we will uh, and point officially being, announce. Yeah. Point yeah. being, there's a lot of, of of ways for you to meet a CAS representative face to face, especially if you're on uh, in the Midwest or the um, the East Coast. But celebration is going to be our first uh, true West Coast um, West Side West Coast visit, and then if um, if uh, Unicon happens, they still haven't announced a date yet. Um, may also try to do that. So you know, there's a lot of opportunity for you to uh, come and see us in person, make your submissions in person, and uh, and take it from there. So sweet, cool. And then from there, uh, a lot going on in social media. So you want to do a little bit of a social media recap? Let's do it. Okay, so um, let me see here. We have our last time we were here, we did a uh, I showed a, our, an Instagram poll that we did. Uh, I did a second Instagram poll. Did oh, you Did dear. you see it? I did not. 
why don't you follow our Instagram feed? You know what? So when I when I look at CAS, so we have a, a newer employee. His name is Robert, and Robert is um, the one doing all the um, what are those called? Uh, not not clips. The uh, uh, reels. Reels, and so he usually does about three a day, and I enjoy watching them. And so that's usually my uh, my CAS participation on uh, on Instagram is watching the reels. Okay, so you don't you don't like my posts? Well, good. Uh, this is what so, you get. This so is what you, you know get. What? Based right? on yeah. Uh-huh. There, there's last poll. So after our last podcast, I, I put it out there. I said, who, you know, who likes the nickname Dr. Star Wars, the warrior princess. And it uh, looks like it's going to stick because the fans have spoken. Uh, Landslide 86% of uh, those who voted do like Dr. Star Wars, the warrior princess. Uh, and what's not to like, look at that. Poor Lucy lawless. <laughs> Again, somebody who's so pretty, and then we're just defiling her with my face. This pick is the gift that keeps on giving, right? All right, she's like giving us nightmares. (laughs) Eighty-four percent, but like, what was the sample size? You know, did and did Adam Marks vote twice? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, right. Yeah, a couple hundred people voted. I want to say. Speaking of ICC, I actually got to meet Adam Marks, and oh, I actually made a purchase from Adam Marks. Is it a UP? So, is it an R5? Nope. nope. No, which is how come I probably got a good deal on it because those are two of his favorite things, right? So he had this. He actually won this in a, um, a pack break. So oh, cool. The focus happened. So this is a um, – I think it's from the, the Holocron set. I don't know if you can see it. It's not focusing very well. So from the Holocron set, it's a triple autograph of um, the uh, the actress that played uh, Jin Erso, so Felicity Jones, mm-hmm. the um, actor that played Bodhi Rock, so um, Riz Ahmed, and then uh, the actor that played K2SO, so Alan Tydek. So, um, Very cool. Yeah, and I, you know what? I saw that the first day of room sales, and then he posted it online, and I think I saw it the second day of room sales, and I just kind of kept going back to it. I'm like, you know, this thing keeps – keeps calling to me and uh sometimes things will do that and so i just i, I had to make a deal on it so i ended up uh making making a deal on it it's the rule it's, it's the rule of sevens right that's an advertising you gotta just keep putting out there you show it to someone enough they're gonna take it well but there's so many things that you i see and i pass on you know but that, yeah. that was something i kind that's of that's a cool piece yeah so and i love I rogue s- one I saw Adam had cool, you know, he does the garbage shoot droids. Yes. And he had made some really cool cards for ICC Con, uh, where the the for, for the signers. Like he had I guess he had one because one of his more recent cards is um oh I'm blanking. Oh, this is embarrassing. Who's the uh Ashley the, Eckstein, No, uh, the oh yeah, but who's the who's the droid, the, the cyborg with four lightsabers? Oh, General Grievous. General Grievous. Yes. That's embarrassing. I couldn't remember his it name. Is, that's, that's, that's embarrassing. <laughs> but the card with him holding, you know, a pretty stiff armed Ashley Eckstein or Ahsoka, he had one of those, but it had a spot for her to sign. So he was he was giving those out for people to get signed. I, yeah, I thought it was a really pretty cool, cool idea. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder how many people did that. You know, it would be interesting to have something that was custom made, you know, for that. I know Matt Brooken, same thing. He did a lot of um a lot of his own custom figures. He's known as a really really good customizer you know he, he goes for putting a, um you know taking you know vintage figures and um and, and putting you know, putting them maybe in newer outfits or making you know mm-hmm. like he'll make a quill out of an ugnat for example you know then he does his own card art for it and uh, i don't know he had gotten quite a few things signed and definitely a really cool iconic thing to get signed that's something that's created for the show get signed at the show so that you know what 
ICC is a gift that keeps on giving. It really, you know, if you if you haven't been, I can't say it enough. There's so many cool, unique. In fact, I may, I still haven't bought it yet. So there was there's a, a local hockey team there called the Wampas. It's like I think I don't know if they're like a minor league or if they're an adult league. Um, mm-hmm. But they were selling jerseys, but you could get custom jerseys made, you know, with like your name on the back. And I I still haven't decided whether I'm going to get uh, Whitlock on the back or Doctor Star Wars because Doctor mm. Star Wars will fit. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I've had a lot of nicknames in my life, and Doctor Star Wars is my coolest one. So I don't know. I'm leaning. Well, it's officially so. Doctor Star Wars: The Warrior Princess. Though, yeah, that, now. Wait, is there enough room for all that? Too, nope, not yeah. enough for that. Sorry. You so, could yeah. do. You could just do an acronym. Do that. Nope, nope. nope. It'll be not okay. So I, I get. I can control it. So okay. So. <laughs> all right, so, moving yeah. on. Moving on. Here we go. So uh, we got a little sidetrack there. So oh, I got to come up with another poll. We'll see what we come up with. Uh. Okay, so as always, we like to mention that if you're listening to this podcast, uh, uh, the audio version, if you want to see the stuff that we're talking about, because it's, it's you know we talk about a lot of figures and collectibles, um, you can get all that on our YouTube channel. Uh, we we kind of chop up our podcast into segments. Uh, just go to the CAS YouTube channel and search the uh, Passion for Collecting playlist, and you'll also uh, have access to all of, all of our other. Uh, collector content such as Chris Whitlock's five facts about star Wars cardbacks, which yes. is an excellent, uh, YouTube series. Um, CAS is on almost every major social media platform, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, Um, and you can link to all of those, um, platforms in the link tree, in the description uh, of this podcast, or if you are watching this on YouTube, it's in the description below. Very good. Um, and in the link tree, you can get our podcast on all the major podcast platforms as well. Um, and folks, listen, we don't like to ask favors, but please, if you like the podcast, please leave us a rating, uh, a review. It helps us out. It helps people find the show. So we really appreciate that. Um, and then all we got left is uh, two contests that we want to make sure people know about. One we have advertised already. It's been going on all year so far. And that is for um, this custom Job of the Hut dungeon playset that's that, awesome. that's just awesome you know it's uh here i'm gonna actually show it to you i got it right here because you know people realize how big the, well yeah it's sizable awesome is. yeah it's i know great. sam sam's has really been uh trying to push and, and try yeah. to get viewership up on his so uh it, it's very doable you you have a hand in the you know you you can um you can influence the outcome yourself if you enter. Basically, send us a collector's corner video, whether it's an unboxing or a you know, just showcasing a, a CAS graded item in your collection. We will post it on our YouTube channel. We'll let you know when it goes up, and then the clock starts. And for the first 30 days, we will record how many views your video gets. At the end of the year, the video with the most views in the first 30 days wins this display. So, you, yes. so basically, you can post the video, send it to all your friends, post it on all the Facebook groups, yeah, make, and try to get as many views yeah, as, go, as you can. Make it go viral, and you win that cool prize. So so that's one. The other contest, uh, speaking of YouTube, is we are approaching 2,000 subscribers. Yay. Uh, we're very close. So we're over 1,900. I think we have nine, 1,918 uh, is the exact number right now. So what we want to do is uh, give away a piece when we hit 2,000. So as soon as we hit 2,000, we'll figure out a way to uh, give away. I know I've got – oh, here it is. This is what we're going to give away. This is a uh, CAS 70 Minton card, um, AT-AT Commander, right? Nice. Proceed to 70. Iconic nice piece. Artwork. Oh, yeah. Love it. Um, so what we're going to do is when we hit 2,000, we'll probably put up a Facebook post saying, hey, we hit 2,000. 
And if uh, you want to enter to win this, we'll just ask you to leave a comment in that post. We'll leave it up for a week, um, and then we'll just randomly pick one of the people who who left a comment, and the ATAT commander is yours. Yep. If you're listening to this podcast and you haven't subscribed, you know you can push us over the end, uh, over the edge, and then uh, hopefully you can uh, win the ATAT driver. So add that driver for those of us that uh, add that. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> how I roll. Kind of how I roll. That's how I do it. So I'm an um, ATAT kind of guy. So, but yeah, two good contests, a lot of great social media content. So, yeah, check it out. Go to our link tree; it's all there. Cool. So, without further ado, I think we need to um, introduce the new <clears throat> reigning champion. <laughs> it burns, doesn't it, Chris? It Still hurts. burns. It hurts. It hurts. <laughs> it, 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 such a decisive victory, too. Uh, the new reigning champion. For uh, what does CAS know, Kevin O'Keefe? So we'll see you on the other side in the in the, the guest spotlight, where you will see the new champion who beat me decisively. Oh, get over it! Come on. Very sad. All right, here we are at guest spotlight with breaking news, breaking breaking news. The now reigning champion of the what does CAS know Kevin O'Keefe can get Kevin you beat uh, really the best competitor that, that we've ever had um my, myself um in uh, what does CAS know congratulations and welcome to the show uh thank you I'm, I'm I'm honored to beat the champion you know but um yeah I expected to win so um you know what can I tell you I also expected to win so sometimes we don't get what we want <laughs> I got what I wanted. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. But it actually, it was wasn't even close. I got smoked. I got absolutely smoked. Kevin, you knew a lot about uh, just a broad range of things. So, congratulations. Well, a little luck, little luck goes a long way. That's for sure. I suppose. I suppose. So, um, I guess Anthony, you know uh, Kevin a little bit more than me. Yep, so, I got to talk to Kev a little bit, uh, getting him prepped for the uh, game show. Uh, not giving him any answers. It's all fair and square. Uh, he wanted uh, fair and square. Right, yeah. Star, Star Wars reference. He's another, yeah. another Jersey guy, so yeah, somehow he yeah, won. We stick together. Yeah. yeah, no cheating. I didn't Google anything. So why don't you start with a little bit of introduction for um, for Kevin, so the, the audience, you know him a little bit better than I do, and then we'll kind of segue into uh, – what what part of niche of the collecting community he is involved in and will it definitely so actually well let's just let's ask kevin kevin Kev, where, where are you from um and i guess you know we we know that you're a collector that's how you happened upon our pocket i was very happy to hear that that you were uh, a fan of the podcast despite chris's constant verbal diarrhea uh and also i guess my first question is where are you from what do you collect and also, uh, how did you find our, how did you happen upon the podcast? Well, you know what? Um, I'm, <laughs> I've been doing a lot of reflecting lately. I turned 60 and um, this past year. And um, I'm originally from Poughkeepsie, New York. Um, got married in 87. We've been living um, uh, the last 30 years up here in North Jersey. And, um, you know, I, I it's funny because... I've been reflecting a lot about I'm I'm a collector and you know when I think back on you know the first thing I literally got was a 1968 
pack of baseball cards and it and it all goes back to which a lot of us it goes back to it goes back to our childhood obviously but um you know i see my i still have that visualization my grandfather walking up the driveway to visit our house and he had a limp but what he also had was every time he visited i'm going to say every couple months was a pack of baseball cards and that memory that he was coming and I'm, you know, first grade, maybe seven years old. Um, and actually, here's the the first card. It's funny because, you know, when you open up the packs and the memories that you have, and in my case, 1968 was the first year. And that that got me going. Through the years, I've collected a lot of different things. You know, it just, um, um, Anthony, we've talked about this, but I guess, you know, you get the collector gene. Yeah. Where, you know, there could be a fine line between collecting and hoarding, you know, uh, but um, I'd like to say that I'm definitely not a hoarder. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, one thing that's been consistent because I've been a big sports guy through the years and up and down, you know, raising kids, you know, I'm not going out and spending my extra money when, you know, on uh, a pack of baseball cards, excuse me, not a pack, but, you know, let's say a hobby box. Right. You know, through the years, that was just too much money. I'm going to I'm going to, you know, have to navigate that with um, with, you know, paying the mortgage and electricity bill. You know, forget it. But I literally made sure every year that I picked up packs uh, from all the major sports, except hockey. I'm not a hockey guy, baseball, basketball, football. And believe it or not, one of the things that I've collected that I don't know anybody that collects is those rappers hmm. uh i think i actually showed you anthony the, i have this box of all these rappers yep. and i put some of them in photo albums he's got some star um, wars ones i saw i think yeah. you had i think you showed me a picture of uh the the, the first series is, is it uh chris you know is it like a black the black rapper that has c3po on it on the first and invader one, yeah. right yeah yep. yeah he's, yep. he's got one of the series one rappers so yeah. um it's amazing i've seen those unopened packs sell for 800 dollars a pack yeah, yeah. yeah so even you... even people buy the wrappers, but you know yeah. that's that's where I've gotten so many different places I've gone with the collecting. But you know, I've just for for the most part sports cards I've really enjoyed. And now since my the kids are out of the house, you know, um, I've had more time and more you know disposable income to to you know cater to my collecting. Uh, but that's that's been my big collecting uh, focus is sports cards. Do you, as you alluded to this a little bit in the game show, so I want to just expand on it. Did, do you think that with the pandemic kind of being cooped up in the house, going through your collection, do you think that you got a little bit more into it? Did you sort out your collection more? Did you uh, find new focuses per se? I, I think personally, my on my own, it was more a function of the kids being out of the house and having a lot less to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, Let's put it this way: on a on a general macro level, uh, this whole industry has exploded, as we all know, with the pandemic. Um, whereas this was for my whole life, even up until recently, you know, a very solitary kind of like um, hobby. You know, you know, <laughs> you know. I mean, yeah, with the advent of Twitter and social media, you, you would find a community, uh, and that's when I went on Twitter. And still, my Twitter focus is only with the hobby. Uh, and it's amazing that today, now with uh, the advent of grading and um, everything being in the news today and the uh, PSA, um, 
Josh Luber and Fanatics. It's a billion-dollar industry. And so many of us, especially my age bracket, that uh, we've come out of the uh, woodwork, so to speak. So you, you're a, a elementary school teacher, correct? Yes. And when we spoke briefly, you said that one of the things that you uh, do is you work with these grade schoolers. You have a, you said a club after school and you kind of teach them about baseball stats. And can you tell us a little bit about that? Cause I found that fascinating. And I think it's also really important what you do. Yeah. You know, I think, um, and I've, I've been on uh, Dr. Beckett's podcast about this a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm a awesome, big, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I just wrote into him. And you know who am I? I'm just a nobody. And he, uh, you, he like my, you, know, agent. you are, you are the reigning champ on what there to see. There you go. Okay? It's my, um, don't forget it. My debut YouTube performance. I'll be known for this for years. You're trending. I, I just, you're <laughs> trending. trending on YouTube. Yes. <laughs> but uh, you know, I've been on his podcast several times, and the theme is always what I'm a big proponent of and i feel really passionate about this is with kids that this this industry in my opinion is not going to have a future uh unless we get the kids on board i i just think there's less and less kids in the hobby today and it's it's really been hijacked and it's it's all good news i think it's all fantastic but why is it a hobby today it's a hobby, whether it's, you know, it's CAS and, and toys or sports cards, because we collected these. We didn't preserve them. We didn't grade them. We played with them when we were growing up as kids. And we have these fond memories. So if the kids are not playing with them today, opening up packs of cards for that own purpose. So, you know. The age that's the key age is that first, second, third grade, seven, eight, or nine, where I, I guarantee you go back to anybody that started collecting, whether it was, again, Star Wars action figures or sports cards, that was the age. So, you know, I teach uh, through the years, I've taught second and third grade. So, you know, I've introduced it to my elementary school kids as an after school program. And not only is it great because you know, they're very impressionable, obviously, at that age. And they're just, you know, you tell them, you you tell them about, wow, look, you know, I got this pack. And some of the some of the packs I would just give them to would be a, a junk wax, you know, 1991 uh, FLIR pack, which, you know, is worth maybe uh, two cents. But, you know, you tell them, hey, listen, what I got here, uh, you could get this star, you could get a Reggie Jackson. And they're just eyes light up because, again, that's the impressionable age. Is that so the between ninety one flare, is it the, the yellow ones? Yes, it's the yellow ones. And I remember, you know, that's that. I remember that. Set. But but again, you know, again for kids, it's got a sticker in here. You know, I'm opening this up for the first time in ninety one, and you know, adults make fun of this because it, it's uh, the banana set. It's it's horrible and. But it's loaded with Hall of Famers, so you know they can go through there and pull out a Nolan Ryan or a Robin Yount or a George. Brown, exactly. You know? And again, so you know, just to finish up on your question, Anthony. Um, with the cards, I've pivoted and, um, I've taught them everything about, you know, just not just collecting the, the cards per se, but using the statistics on the back to, um, help them with their math. Because again, this is when they're starting to add up numbers for the first time, double digit addition and going into multiplication. And, and it's fascinating 
what they can learn from the back of these baseball cards. Well, yeah, and, and you know, that, that was really one of the cool things is, you know, when, when, when kids, you talk about math, it's so abstract, right? When you talk about algebra and, and how it's useful. But when you, when you talk about, you know, averages for baseball, you know, your, your batting average, your ERA and all that is really just ratios, right? And so, you know, people talk about these numbers and the, these numbers are significant. Um, and when you say, well, yeah, but math is where this comes from. You know, and so it, it puts a, a practical stamp on something that in, in a, a lot of ways is very abstract. And, and for for me, when I was learning math, if I had something concrete that I could actually tie it back to, it made it worthwhile to learn that as opposed to, you know, who's going to need to know the sign of, you know, whatever, you know. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's nice to actually have something rooted to go back to. And, and sports is something that's universal. Right. So. No matter who you are, no matter where you're from, there's a sport that's that's dictated by statistics, and those statistics are driven by math. And so it just kind of it, it lets you take something that's fun and uh, and link it to something that's that's very very good to know. So, for sure. So, Kev, you you mentioned that you were on the Beckett podcast, and uh, you told me that. So I went and listened to the episode, I guess the recent episode that you were on. And one of the things you were talking to Dr. Beckett about was how cards were not really accessible to kids, especially over the last couple of years, um, because, you know, they, they were either expensive or not available. Uh, I have scouts out there or scalpers mm. sucking everything up. If Walmart, Target it, would ration how much you could buy, right? Yeah. Well, you know, even Kevin, when you used to, so, you know, obviously your grandfather used to give you cards, but at some point in time, you started buying them on your own, right? You, you probably found them at the local party store. Krausers. You know, places like yeah. that. Five and they're, Dines, yeah. Yeah, they're not there anymore. For me, I, I grew up in the 80s and 90s, and I would go, I would be searching rack packs at Toys R Us, you know, and, and they're not there anymore. You know, and uh, and so you say, well, if you're a kid or, or even I had friends that would get complete sets from their baseball team if they played baseball. So, you know, there was kids had had ways to access these. Whereas now you're, you're right, Kevin. I don't I don't really know where kids how they can even get started with anything modern. Well, the, this is my question for Kevin, because starting about this time last year, when we started doing cards on the on the podcast, you guys got me into it, you know, and my, my kids collect them now. You know, we build we built a base set last year, but I, I had to go to a hobby shop and they were always marked up to, to find them. You'd be lucky if you find them in Walmart and then you were limited one pack or one hanger or whatever. But this season, I found them at Target. I found them at Walmart and you are not limited. Like you, you can buy as many hangers as you want. So my question is. Why do you know why, Kevin? And also, is it, is it could it be because fanatics had just has just purchased tops and they've changed their rules or their distribution, or is this something is this a sign of things to come? Is this how more accessible the product's going to be? <clears throat> I think it's, um, I, I think it's uh, the answer is a quick answer is yes, that I think they're going to make them a lot more accessible, and I think. Uh, with fanatics getting into the business, uh, they've specifically talked about this, making it more accessible to kids. There's been a big um, um, discussion about whether or not lids, because uh, fanatics owns lids, and lids are in all these uh, malls across the country, uh, that they will have cards in those stores. There'll be a bigger presence in all the um, stadiums throughout the country. But literally, 
like a week after I had this long discussion with Dr. Beckett on his podcast in North Jersey, still this week. So I'm talking about three months now. You can go into any Walgreen right now and get top series one 2022. You can <clears> get um, you can get NBA hoops, Panini NBA hoops. They have um, signage. They have a whole display in at least where I am in North Jersey in Walgreens. And it's pretty amazing. So whereas literally for a year or two years, you couldn't even get anything. And like you said, it was um, behind the cash register and, and you know, they would, they would um, people would come in, buy them for 20 bucks and then throw them on Facebook for 50 bucks. Yeah. I mean, it was ridiculous during the pandemic. And, and it seemed like people had the system down. Like I know that the Walmart that I stop at, it's always, they, they get deliveries every other Thursday. So if you just show up, you know, at night, so if you just show up Friday morning, first thing, everything was gone. Yeah. So, and there was some crimes that were committed with people actually walking out. And that's, that's when they, they said, this is crazy. So like you said, they, they limited to them, but still, you know, a couple of the Walmarts that I go to, they're still behind the, the cash register. You can't actually pick them up yourself. Uh-huh. So, um, well, what's exciting? Yeah. You know what I think is exciting? And, and it started when we were younger. It started in, in the early 90s. But, you know, packs are a little bit more expensive than they used to be. I remember packs, you know, were 50 cents when I, when I was younger and I was collecting. But what's very exciting for kids nowadays is, you know, you can go on eBay, you can track values, you can go on, uh, you know, you can see what these things are worth. But now with inserts, is a kid could spend a couple dollars on a pack of cards and pull out a, pull out a card that could pay for their college, you know. So that that's what's kind of exciting about it. So you know, whereas you know before we were just going for the hot rookies or the or you know the, the you know some of the, the stars or the the hall of famers, the future hall of famers. Now you know not only can you can you get those things, you know, the Wander Francos of the world, but um, but now you, you might pull out you know a one of one autographed, and it, it it makes it a really exciting fun chase, you know, for for kids too. So that's what I really like about some of the modern stuff is that. Boy, oh boy, you know, you, you can get something that's exciting and you can get something that is life-changing just out of a pack of cards. That's yeah, and I, I think the key thing, Chris and Anthony, is the availability. Um, kids will flock to this. Um, the, the dads, the parents will, will kind of point them in that direction as long as the kids can pick it up at whatever store they go to. Um, that's the key thing because there you do want that chase element because there is a fine line between, you know, for the manufacturers to produce so, you know, so many where they, they want to have their uh, profit targets hit. Uh, they don't want to flood the market. But, you know, uh, and Anthony, we talked about this. What Because there's so many different products within all the sports, I think Fanatics knows the problem with the availability but they also know that they're going to be leveraging the high-end market to make sure that they make their money with the big autograph cards, still that still having the availability and still having some kind of chase for the kids, but have it be like toys, like you mentioned, Anthony, in our prior discussions, that still today that kids look at it as something to play with, to open up that pack and look for the stars. Yes, look for a chase card. But to play with it and not to have it be sitting on a shelf like it's an investment. Toys are in the toy uh, aisle. They're in the toy department. 
my, I know that this will be a success when you go, you can go to hobby shop and you can get the high end cards. And the same day you can go into Walmart or target, uh, excuse me, Walmart or uh, target and go to the toy section and there'll be plenty of series one, series two tops. Yeah. That's yeah, when I think that will succeed in this quote unquote problem of keeping kids in a hobby. I think multi-tiered uh, card series would be great, right? So you have your entry level, you know, like like yeah, so like Tops does it very well, right? So Tops has their just entry level base set, and then they'll have their their Chrome, you know, you know, which is uh, which is like your higher level, and then you may have like your signature series, you know, the the packs that cost a hundred dollars and you only get one card. That keeps everybody interested, right? So you get the kids that can go in and for a couple dollars get a pack of like, you know. A, I don't know what it is anymore. You opening like, day. They call it opening day. Okay. But how many cards come in a pack of opening day? Like, like it's, it's a thicker pack now. It's like a cello, right? Like 30, 50 cards. It's like, I like think that. it's like 40. I think okay. it's the same as like a jumbo pack. Yeah. And they can yeah. try to put together sets because putting together sets can actually be somewhat affordable, you know? And then there may be some like chase foils in there or something. So they get a taste of, of some inserts without it having to be, you know, something really, really difficult or challenging to do. And they, they can sort of, you know, it exists in the hobby, you know, where, where their finances are, you know, keeps it somewhere where, where, where they can, can, can do it without, you know, maybe with babysitting money or, or lawn cutting money. And they don't have to go out and spend, you know, like the national treasures or whatever. Now that's like $4,000 a pack. You're like, who's buying these things? <laughs> Who can take those kind of risks? Yeah. So, Great. So, I have a, so I have a question. So last year I got, as I mentioned, got back into car collecting because, because <laughs> my older son's really into baseball and really into cards now. And so I said, I'm going to start collecting too. So I helped him put together a base set 2021, but I said, I, I kind of want to get into something. So I, I was just overwhelmed by what is out there. Modern stuff. I, I couldn't even like, you know, there was so much stuff, parallels, uh, autograph cards, even, even within the, the 2021, there was different, you know, there, like there was the uh, 52 tops remakes last year. So I was overwhelmed. So I did what any, you know, decent star Wars fan would do is I started a focus collection. So I just, I just collect Dave Winfield cards. Right. So, but that's what I, I chose to do. My, my question to Kevin is what, what would you advise as someone who wants to get back into baseball card collecting? Um, and you know, how, well, I, I guess, what do you collect Kev? Like, you know, how, there he is on the Angels. I, I yeah. keep putting aside all my uh, my Dave Winfield cards that I don't want for you. Um, <laughs> how, how, how would you advise someone gets back into the hobby? Because it can be very overwhelming. You know, there's so much stuff out there. Historical stuff, vintage stuff, modern stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's it's it's a good question. I know I know. <sighs> Like, I know, Chris, you just put together, what, a 61 uh, run? So or All-Stars? or the All-Stars. So the okay. 1961 tops, the last 22 cards in the set, right? I've always, I was always a big fan of, you know, the, the late 50s or the 50s and 60s baseball. And so I just, I, I, I just put my focus on 21 specific cards. You know, mm -hmm. and it was, it was fun to do. You know, some of them were expensive. The mantle wasn't cheap, you know, but you had like some of the commons in there. So you, know, you could you could stay in the game. All of mine were graded. They were all graded sevens or eights, you know, so but I, oh, I, could, wow. I could get in there with, with some cards were like, like like $40, $50. Okay, I could do that once a week if something popped up. Then the mantle was more. <laughs> that yeah, was what I had a lot more. On. Yeah, yeah I, you know, to, to, to quickly answer your question, uh, I think you, you, you hit on it, Anthony. I think the average collector will go back to their childhood. 
So um, one of the, they call them PCs, right? Personal collections. There's no doubt that the most popular PCs are players. Um, you could, you know, again, I, I mean, actually, it's funny. Uh, I, I put together all the different collections that I have that I put aside. And I've got 25 different types of collections that I just put aside when I'm going through cards. Um, I'm a big Mets fan, so I have Mets cards. I have all-star cards. I have rookie cards. I have World Series cards. On and on. But to answer all, your question. All, all Mets, all Mets uh, in, these, in those categories or just in general? Any, any card that has a Met on it. But, yes, team collections. And I specifically when I've gotten back into this in the last few years, um, I used to just collect and I would have cards from every year. So that was, that was my collecting focus. But then I basically got rid of a lot of them and I started putting them all into team boxes. So I'm a team collector now. Um, but, you know, ultimately, you know, if, if you wanted to buy just single cards, this is 1968 is the year that I started collecting. Now this could be expensive, you know, but still, the, your basic common cards from even 1968, you can get, um, you know, eBay or Facebook or even card shows for a buck or less, you know. Um, but again, that would be a connection, a personal connection that you would have maybe from your childhood. And from that time period, with, if you're coming of age now, 30, 40 years old, that time period from 87 through 92, 93, they call it the junk wax era. You can get those cards, a whole set of 80, you know, 89 tops for 10 bucks, 15 bucks. Yeah, even less. Uh, because there was so many produced. Um, and, and today, you know, um, in about a, three weeks from now, well, let's say two weeks from now or so, they're going to have Series 2 tops issued. And then another three weeks from there, you can buy the whole set. Like I've got here in front of me, 2021 set. They still put out the entire set of cards. So Sweet. I, I had you know, the 2021 as well, which I got at Walmart. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, today's day and age, the average kid or even the average collector doesn't collect sets just to collect each card out of packs. Um, it's more geared towards, as you know, the autograph cards, the parallel cards, the shiny cards. Um, but, you know, it's it's clearly there's, there's plenty plenty to do, that's for sure, to keep you busy if you want to collect. So it's it's find something that you love, maybe a connection to your, uh, to your interests, and uh, go with that because that's what's going to keep you interested. Right. So, Kevin, 1968 Tops was actually a really, really big year for uh, Mets cards. Do you have any of the, the the really, really big Mets cards out of the 68 Tops set? Of course not. You know, my mother <laughs> never threw out my mother never threw out any of my cards. But of course, I didn't have a Nolan Ryan. That's the big card, his rookie card from that year. You know, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do the the Tom Seaver. That was the second year card with yep. the trophy on it. But you know, I mean, I got a Mets card here, Dan Frisella. Yeah, he's well known. <laughs> so no Nolan Ryan. I huh? never you never pulled it out of a pack. That was your first. No, I mean, 
I all these years you pulling out pulling out cards out of packs. I think the I pulled out a David Wright autograph card from like 2006 was the biggest kind of card. 50 years of collecting cards. I never really picked anything. I think my most valuable card that I had from a kid as a kid is a Mike Schmidt rookie card, a Robin Yount rookie card. Nice. But, you know, 100 bucks raw. Yeah, those were big deals for, you know, back in the day. I mean, it was before grading. You know, Robin Yount came in a full size and a mini. It's 75 tops. It's a really, really tough set to find in good shape because, you know, the corners were, or the, they were very colored. They're the dark colored. So the corners showed up, you know, a lot on those. And uh, just want to wrap up this point, uh, Anthony. I've got binders full of different uh, brands from all the ah. different manufacturers. Um, this is Gypsy Queen. Gypsy Queen. And basically, you can have like I've I talked to Dr. Beckett about this, but bottom line is I've got each page is a different year for this particular manufacturer. So um, Gypsy Queen is um, is a standard set that Top's been issuing for the last what fifteen years. Um, now the Fanatics has kept the Top's um, brand. A lot of these um, different sets. I mean, like you said, Top's flagship is the big one. But if you wanted to be specific, there's Allen and Ginter, there's Bowman, there's uh, Heritage. You know, there's just so many different brands under uh, each manufacturer. Panini being basketball and football and Top still being baseball today. You know, Chris turned me on to uh, Tops Now, which I love. Yes, because, you know, you watch yeah. a game and there's a, you know, a magical moment and um, – you go buy the card for it. I mean, there's, there's, I, there's been countless times I, I'd be watching a Yankees game with, with my son, you know, something awesome happens. And then a couple of days later, there's a card for it. And we just, we just, we order it. So being a Tigers fan last year, Miguel Cabrera hit a home run opening day for the Tigers and it was snowing. So he hits a home run in the snow and then they make a card of it. And I think it's just really cool to have. You're smart. You're smart with that, Anthony, because it's interesting. I don't know if you've noticed Chris, but I haven't really seen any big demand in terms of prices for that, but those are limited quantities. They're only available for 24 hours. Yeah. So, you know, 20, 30 years from now, the fact that you have one of those cards, you know, it's limited. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's it. Uh, and then you, you know, if, if you want the route to have them graded, um, if you're looking for them to possibly appreciate, um, those are unique. No, well, you no look question. at like, all the, the magic moments that have happened in, in baseball, throughout the years and you say you know what which things would have had cards you know like the the randy johnson and the you know, hitting, hitting the, the pigeon at one time or whatever you know probably would have been you know so it's like like the woulda coulda shoulda cards from back in the day and you say well those moments still happen you know, you know dave winfield's uh killed a seagull yes. in toronto you know yeah that could have been a moment yeah it's just, it's, you know, but you look at like some of these, you know, memorable moments that, you know, now can get captured in real time. And I think that's a really interesting, interesting set to have. So now, nowadays, you know, you, you see, you, you, <laughs> you continue to buy modern cards or, or do you, do you buy the junk wax stuff to kind of share with kids? No, nah, I'm still buying, still buying the modern cards, no doubt. And it's funny because when uh, just, Again, it's a solitary type of thing, but uh, just to kind of relax. I know a lot of collectors do this. Um, on my desk here, 
Um, I told you I categorize them by uh, teams. I'll just buy either at my hobby shop, but just a random box of different cards, or I'll buy a box of, um, you know, I think last week I got, what did I get? Um, the football pack. Um, Optic. Yeah, but so I'm trying to, I don't even remember what I got. But anyway, um, I'm constantly going through old um, sets that I had organized by year and manufacturer, and I'm putting it together now into team boxes. So I'm doing the same thing with uh, with baseball. You know, I got here a 2005 uh, upper deck set of just random cards that I'm putting together um, in teams, organizing them by teams. And again, it's just, you know, it's it's funny because it's it's just something to, um, you know, it's relaxing and it's 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 just a hobby. Kevin, what is your um, and we don't use this term lightly here. What what would you say is your grail? What 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 is what if you could pick one piece? That um, that's possibly attainable, but uh, don't have. Would love to have. What would oh, that be? The card that I would like to have. Yeah. That I don't have. And I, I mean, we're assuming that if you don't have, it, it's because it's either hard to find or just really. Yeah, expensive. you know what? Because because this is my latest. Um, you know, I would say it's it would probably be well. It's interesting. Two things. Definitely would be the 68 Tom Seaver with the um, rookie cup on it. So it's a second year car, but since it's from 68, I know that's attainable. Uh, I could probably get that one, two, three, um, something that's raw. But um, yeah, that would probably be it because for me, it's not about the money. It's more about the connection and the um, mm -hmm. sentimentality. I recently, I'll make this quick, but I recently found out that uh, there was a Yankee, Anthony, I don't know if I told you this, but there was a Yankee by the name of King Kong Keller. Um, if you go down a rabbit hole and Google this guy, he played in left field right next to Joe DiMaggio back in the heyday of the Yankee World Series victories. He was responsible for um, them literally winning one of those years back in the 40s. But the reason I bring him up is my mother's maiden name is Keller, so apparently he is a uh, cousin of my grandfather, and I only found this out <laughs> recently. So I got uh, I got a um, I'm going to be on the uh, lookout for any King Kong Charlie Keller uh, baseball cards out there. So that's my next uh, my next go to. So, so what are your relatives? I mean, we talked about this, and um, you're a Mets fan, and as we spoke, you're not. I wouldn't say neutral as far as the Yankees goes. You you don't really like the Yankees too much. Is that right? I have I have, I have every hat, every major league team hat I have. Every team. All 29. The only team I don't have, yeah, and I will an never have. Number. It's an uneven number. That's I'm one of those Yank I'm one of those uh, Mets fans that loathes the Yankees. That's why <laughs> that's why I, I wore my John Carlos shirt for you here. <laughs> Well, it's like I was, I was, I was telling uh, some of my students um, uh, this past week. It, it's, it's still happening now. The Yankees, <laughs> the Yan the Mets. Everyone's talking the Mets, right? They such a great year. Everything's going good, but the Yankees still are on their heels. They still are better team. They have a better record. At least, you know, they're they're still hanging in there. It's like, no, this is supposed to be our year, our time. 
Yankees are supposed to, uh, you know, fade into the background, and they never do. Kev, you want to tell me that at World Series, Yankees versus Phillies, let's say, this year, Game Seven's tied up. You are rooting for the Phillies, your rival against My son, my son lives in Philadelphia now. I love the Phillies, absolutely. Okay, let's try this one then. You're telling me that Mets versus uh, – what's another one? Uh, Nationals? You're, you're going to root for your, your division rival against the Yankees? I stopped collecting baseball cards <laughs> for like nine, from 90, what was it, 96 through 2003, oh. whatever that was. To, oh, I years? wasn't into baseball. I well, wasn't into baseball. All yeah, they gonna, did was I'm, win. I'm going to tell you right now, if it's Red Sox, Mets, I'm rooting for the Mets. Okay? I mean, you got you to gotta put it no, aside. Sorry. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> I, I, if, if they win – I'll I'll text you congratulations, but that's about that's about it. Hey, Chris, did you notice my shirt? Do you see what the, it's a mashup of? So, Giancarlo, I'm just guessing is it Esposito? Is that like a? Oh, Giancarlo Stanton, the Yankee, Big G. It's a GI Joe kind of a thing. Yeah, it's a GI Joe okay. uh, baseball mashup. Okay. It says a a real Bronx Savage, ah. a real American hero. See, See, I'm a Star Wars guy, so like it just it, it falls. I see Giancarlo, I think Moff Gideon. It just that's know. a cool T-shirt, cool <laughs> T-shirt. Thanks. But just uh, just to throw some uh, some paint on that T-shirt, you know, the Post had a big article about whether or not uh, they they don't even think they should have uh, they should they they their their take was they they don't even believe he should have been on the Yankees. They should get rid of him. So check that out. Wait, <laughs> it, that came out recently. Two days ago, or even today, maybe. That, uh, as good as he's doing now, he is that that trade was not good for him. That hampered the Yankees big time with the salary and everything. Oh yeah, but you know he's well. We can get into this is a well. We can talk about this another time. But technical baseball. Up until yeah. now, he's he's holding his weight now. <laughs> he's got to stay healthy. Uh, yes. All right, so I think uh, we can. Chris, do you have any other questions before we mosey on to the next segment? No, I was actually just curious. Have you looked to see if, if that relative of yours actually has cards or you just kind of. Yeah, he does. Gowdy's. He actually has nice. a Gowdy. I think that's his most valuable card. Um, and believe it or not, um, Diamond Kings, you talk about another subset, um, uh, Anthony, of everything you can collect. There is uh, Panini puts out um, Diamond Kings. Uh, set every year. It was just issued this past uh, week, and the number two card in the set is uh, Charlie Keller. So, really, I'll have to I'll have to look for it. So, yeah, it just came out. But yeah, he's um, not too many, not too many, Chris. That's awesome, though. I mean, it's just kind of cool that you can actually go back and it gives you a reason to start searching. You know, through most people don't you know have a lot of reasons to buy a lot of those old Goody cards because you know. You're looking for the big ones, right? The Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig. But if you have somebody targeted and for a reason, that actually kind of makes it sort of a fun pursuit, right? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. That's awesome. Very cool. Very cool. His first cousin, thrice removed, and he won't, <laughs> won't is a Yankee and won't even own a Yankee hat. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it. It'd be cool if you could ever find an autograph one. That'd be cool. Their um, historic autograph originals is a, a set. Uh, a company that actually tracks down old autographs and pairs them with cards. So sometimes you know, you might be able to find something like that being really really interesting. You know, put it at the search on eBay because you might be able to find. You know, they sometimes they'll have like checks that they had signed and they pair them. So hmm. kind of an interesting, interesting thing to do. So okay, 
Um, if we want to, you want to move on to uh, Investor's Corner? Is it Investor's Corner or is it the uh, Wax and Packs Market Watch Investor's Corner, Chris's Corner? Like, like what, what is the title, Chris? You should know so, this. Well, let's ask Ross. It, it's Ross, your podcast. Ross, well, what, what's, the, uh, <laughs> what's the title? It, it's funny. Hey, we... so, unless you say something, it's going to be Investor's Corner. <clears throat> Anybody? Anybody? Cricket? Oh, Investor's Corner it is. Ross Sorry. is AWOL. Yep. Yep. Kevin's a teacher. You know, when you don't, you don't turn in an assignment, you know, you just get a zero. So there, there he is. He had a zero on it. Yeah. Sorry well, for, sorry for um, you, my friend. yeah, I'm not going to go down this road, but, um, you know, this is good that we can, uh, we can, uh, mute him. So <laughs> would yeah, be the those, first time we mute yeah. someone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But paybacks are, I won't say it, but amazing, amazing for when I'm not usually on the, on the, the wrong end of the mute button. So, all right. So now let's, we'll, we'll do uh wax and packs investors quarters, Chris's quarter or just marker watch. Yeah. All right. Welcome to, I'm going to call it investors corner. It's a welcome to investors corner. And uh, there's another name that goes by it. And the person that usually says that name is not here. So, Sorry for his luck for um, not being so, in attendance. So, so this is a Chris Whitlock disinformation campaign. Exactly. Yep, I'm, I'm, I'm smearing away. Disinformation, misinformation. All right. I, I'm the one that's here, and so I'm the one that's making it happen. Um, okay. So Investors Corner, for those of you guys who don't know, we take a look at uh, a list of some of the, the highest price um, sales of a certain segment in the collecting hobby um, and uh, kind of talk about those items and maybe why they sold for that price and, and what's driving the market. Uh, this one happens to be the top's highest, uh, the top highest wax box sales for, uh, 2022 thus far, right? According to eBay, is that where, right? So it, these are, these are eBay sales, uh, this year to date, okay. 2022. Oh. All right. Well, as of a week ago, I, I didn't update it. I did it last week. All right. Well, Anthony, you put together a list. So I'll go ahead and let you call it down. So where are we starting? What's uh, yeah, top so these five, are right? Top five, yeah. All number right, five, so. Let it rip. So uh, number five on the list is a, a 1960 Leaf Baseball second series box. It's a baseball card exchange. Uh, it was listed uh, for a buy it now of $18,500 and it was a best offer. It sold for uh, just, just below that uh, $18,400. Um, and this is, this is something we haven't seen in, uh, in these countdowns that, that we've been doing, right? I, I, we haven't done one of these leaf boxes, right? No. And leaf is, a, um, is, a so the, was it 1948 leaf is the first time I'm familiar with leaf. I'm sure that they have product before that, right? Iconic set. But like that is Leaf Canadian? Of, is is that one of the Canadian brands so or no? I, I so Leaf is is um, thought of as a Canadian brand at least in the eighties. Um, so Don Ross, their sister set, which was Canadian, came as Leaf. But I don't, and, and it may be a Canadian brand now. I'm not sure if it was a Canadian brand back then. Kevin, do you know anything about the vintage Leaf sets? You know, I I don't. Um, I could be wrong. I you know. Maybe it's Donruss that I'm thinking of, but um, Leaf is not a chewing. Um, you know, all these companies go back to candy companies and chewing. Um, Gaudi, Fleer, you know, yeah. gum companies. You know, Donruss. Uh, but I thought they were initially out of Philadelphia, possibly. I, you know, I, I'm not sure. Interesting. Yes. 
so I, I think Leaf, similar to Fleer, made cards really kept you know were were always making cards, but like they're always overshadowed by tops, and they weren't always sports. And I'll tell you, up until today, when you mentioned this set, um, none of us had ever heard of the 1960 Leaf set. And we looked up a, a little bit about this set. It's it looks like I mean, it's pretty unique. You know, they didn't come with gum or candy. It was actually packed with marbles, which, um, which I'm wow, sure that's did a disaster a, waiting to happen, isn't it? <laughs> did a number on the cards, yeah. Um, some other uh, notable uh, features is they weren't referred to as baseball cards, but baseball photos. And just doing a quick search, we found that probably the highest priced or most valuable cards uh, from that year. Uh, was Orlando, uh, or sorry, Orlando Cepeda and Cepeda, uh, yeah. Cepeda sorry, uh, and uh, George Anderson. So. Sparky, and that would have Sparky. been early. So Sparky Anderson's rookie, I believe, was boy, I um, fifty-eight tops. The uh, the circle, the one that was, his face is in a circle. I'm, I can't think of it. Fifty-eight or fifty-nine. Um, so that would have been early in his career. Also, Brooks Robinson has a card in that set. Um, Jim Bunning has a card in that set, but yeah, damaged, I, I guess very, very easily damaged because they were packaged with a marble and you imagine, you know, people get gum stains or wax stains on cards and it drives them nuts, but imagine having a, a, a marble divot in your, uh, yeah. entire pack of cards. In, in the quick searches we did, they didn't even have uh nines and tens listed. I mean, that was just on the site that we looked at. So who knows? I mean, that's probably why probably really hard to find. I would imagine high grade examples. <clears throat> And then also we noticed that the, the second series was significantly more rare. So, you know, this being a, a second series box. But imagine, you know, so everybody collects for their own reasons, but $18,000 for a box of cards that, you know, I would say 95 out of 100 collectors probably aren't super familiar with that brand. And it still gets $18,000. So mm. it's a little bit to demand for that item. Sure. Yeah, looking, Anthony, and looking back, uh, just doing a quick Google search, um, this company has been owned uh, and sold so many times, but it, it goes back to 1940, and yes, it was a confectionery company initially, out of Sweden, actually, originally, but it's been bought and sold so many different times, uh, and yeah, the first year was um, 19, let's see, 49? Yeah, yeah uh, 1948. Um, they came out with the, a baseball card set. So, yeah, I know the, um, well, and it was actually, I think a multi-sport set too. So like there's like boxing and stuff in there, but I know the Jackie Robinson is a, is really a big card in the, in that early, early set. So Sweet. very interesting. And by the way, today it is a manu the, the name leaf, uh, is well known in the industry. Um, they have, they don't have any licenses, so they don't have any, uh, logos that on their cards, but uh, Leaf as a manufacturer is a big, um, uh, popular manufacturer of trading cards, sports cards specifically. Yeah. And, and, and they lean towards hockey a lot. They also do um, Leaf Pop Century, so uh, so similar to the sense that they don't have licensing. Like they, the uh, Leaf Pop Century is an autograph um, series, which you get like I think it's four, three or four cards per pack. For like around a hundred dollars, but like for example, you may get a pack with like a Harrison Ford and a um, Adam Driver autograph, but they won't have anything related to Star Wars on there at all. You know, you may get some Happy Days characters. Uh, you know, they'll have like, like Ralph Mouth or whatever. You know, but they won't mention that he's from Happy Days. You know, and actually, I sent in a um, a Dennis Rodman signed uh, card in with a um, 
whatever company, and it wasn't McFarlane, it was a Mattel company that uh, that followed Stardew lineup for a very, very brief time. But um, CAS actually ended up grading that that action figure with uh, a Dennis Rodman, and it was a Leaf Pop Century card. So, oh, yeah, they cool. are still relevant today. <clears throat> very so. cool. All right, so getting us so the the rest of the of the list here are happen to be boxes that appeared in our in, uh, investors corner, which is what we're calling it today. Uh, one year ago, yeah. in May of 2021. So it's going to be interesting to see how these uh, prices fared back then yes, compared to now. March, April, May of 2021. I mean, sports Crazy. cards are hot right now, but they were they were silly a year ago. So. So uh, number four is a 1974 Topps baseball um, wax box. It's baseball card exchanged, uh, and it's uh, sold for a buy it now of eighteen thousand four hundred ninety five dollars and ninety five cents. Kind of crazy. Um, there's nobody, no good, no good players in that set. No, nah, no, nah, no, no good rookies that year, right? Not even one, a one. One, one guy. Nobody's ever really heard of him, right? Some uh, David something. I don't know. Yeah, Winnie. <laughs> We'll call him winning. So last year, May of 2021, that uh, that box so actually sold for less. It was also a baseball card exchange wrapped. It was uh, just under eighteen thousand, seventeen thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars. So that actually went up in price uh, right. year over year. And yeah, as you're alluding to the the big the big the big card in, in that set is the Dave Winfield rookie card, which at the time uh, was going at a PSA ten for uh, forty three thousand dollars. Uh, on average, Incredible. and I looked at some some recent uh, Winfield rookie card sales. Looks like a uh, PSA ten went just after that um, that podcast for for twenty eight thousand eight hundred dollars. So a big dip after the spring. Um, I actually did pick up a Dave Winfield rookie, um, not a ten, no. an eight, an eight, which is eight which which was my big splurge. Um, all right, yeah. All right, so number three. This is one that we saw a year ago. It's a 1985 Garbage Pail Kids first series. Uh, again, baseball card exchange uh, sold for a buy it now of twenty five thousand um, dollars. This also went up compared to last year. Last year was not baseball card exchange wrapped um, and went for twenty thousand. So I guess that that gives it a little bit more credibility, right? It was not raw, but yeah, it's weird because authenticated. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I guess people could search for Adam Bomb rookie. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah, <laughs> um, non sports. I mean, are a lot of fun. It's very, very interesting to see them hit those kind of prices. You bring up Adam Bomb, and we looked at the prices for PSA tens on him and Nasty Nick, which are the uh, the higher priced. Nasty Nick um, is number one in the set, correct? Is that uh... right? Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> There was a huge dip in these individual cards. So you look at PSA tens a year ago. Nasty Nick was twenty thousand, twenty-seven thousand five hundred dollars. Was a recent sale at the time. Adam Bomb thirty thousand. Um, I looked up recently. Um, a Nasty Nick went for uh, just just under eighteen thousand. So you know a dip of about ten thousand uh, dollars on eBay. And Adam Bomb went for for just under eight thousand. So a huge wow. Huge wow. dip in price. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. Something about spring of last year. Right? Where... Yeah. I mean, basically, you know, people were, were buying what you would consider to be grails, right? And that would be like the number one card out of those those sets. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Still might be worth picking something up if you get something affordably because I kind of kind of see people 
you know, sheltering investments in these these cards. So, so the, those those particular, I'm not familiar with uh, garbage pail too much. To your knowledge, guys, that Adam Bomb and Nasty Nick were that was more about popularity or scarcity that their value is just up through so the roof. T- two separate reasons. Um, Nasty Nick was number one in the set. So as you know, even with sports cards, number one in a set always usually commands a value because depending on how they're stored, they usually take damage more so than any other card in the set. So the, the first card and the last card in the set, typically the rubber banded together or however you store them usually take, takes a hit. Adam Baum um, is different because he his um, likeness was featured on the cover art for for a very, very long time, not only series one, but all throughout. So like the one you're looking for, the one that the, the really the card that you associate with garbage pail kids the most is Adam Bob. Adam Bob. It's, so, it's like, it's like the face of the series. Yeah. Right. So that is that. So number two, now this is going to be surprising because we've always said that as you, as we do these countdowns, we've always expected this would always be number one, but in this countdown, in this list is actually number two. So we, uh, we've done the, we've done the 74 tops. And we did the um that was number or no okay no you're right we did we did the bowman all right I was just trying to see make or the leaf trying to make sure we are actually on number two so okay you're right number two okay so number two is a uh, 1986 Fleer basketball wax uh, box and this is surprising because we've always thought that this would always end up being number one yes. in any list that that we did but it's not it's actually number two and we'll see by by a slim margin. Um, and so this is uh, described as new and factory sealed, uh, but it is not baseball card exchange wrapped. Uh, and this sold in an open auction for $25,100, 94 bids. And this is a huge difference compared to last year. The yeah. one that we looked at last year was uh, $110,000. It was baseball card exchange wrapped, but still. I mean, 25% of what it was a year ago. It's the baseball card exchange wrap part that makes all the difference in the world. Okay. So you're looking at, you know, those packs are thousands of dollars per pack. Um, There are 36 packs in a box. Um, There's only like 100 and some, 160 some cards in the set. You probably can pull up to three Jordans per box. But the thing about Fleer is Fleer is really, really, really well known for having their items be like in a pattern, right? So when you're buying and spending a lot of money on those things, you'd like to see it being pulled from a, a sealed case. You'd like to see really good distribution because there, you can you can take and, and, and press the, on the front of those packs. You can see who's on the front of the card, or on the front of the pack, and you can tell who's going to be in the rest of the pack just based on who's on the front. Mm-hmm. So, but, but, if, but if they're baseball card exchange wrap, you they could still be searched the box though, right? So Yeah, so, so there was a... a, a um, Steve Hart is um, an icon in in the unopened industry, and you know he talks about certain things you look for in an in a presumably unsearched um, pack. Oh, okay. Uh, right. unser- in an unsearched box, he said, you know, um, you know the, the way that uh, the, the gum lays in in, in the the um, in, in the pack usually is pretty consistent. He said there's going to be kind of a lean to the packs based on where the gum is and, and them stacked on top of each other. He said there are certain tells that, you know, you kind of, that he looks for to, to see if it's, if it looks like it's been not searched, but the best way to buy anything like that would be from a sealed case. And, you know, sealed cases go for in the millions, but hmm. you know, because, but because it's so easy to tell, even if you get a pack that's unsearched, 
depending on who's on the front of that pack, there's a very good chance that, that you know who's in the rest of that pack based on just who's on the front. So even if it's an unsearched pack, you know, people know whether they have Jordans in them or not. It's, it's gotcha. sort of a... So, Chris, uh, I, I think um, for the average listener here, so for those 86, what you're because every every box you buy now and for a long time, you're cellophane wrapped, factory sealed, right? So what you're saying is um, 86 Fleer, this the case, which I guess would be in a cardboard box, would be sealed. Yeah. And you would know it would be sealed. Yeah. But the actual once you open up that case, those actual boxes, those are not cellophane sealed, right? And that's that's the point about it being so difficult to kind of price, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. So two things. So yeah. So if it's not out of a seal, so a sealed case is the best one. You know, because you, you open that up, the BBC wraps that box. You know that those those packs were never searched at all. And then you know you get one that um that you know, maybe is uh from at least a complete box. So somebody bought that box out of a sealed case, but has to tamper with it. And visually, you know you. There are some clues that you look for. It's not foolproof. But there are some clues, clues you look for that can tell whether or not those packs had individually been pulled out and been rifled through, right? But like then, like your third tier down would be packs that have been rifled through. And somebody may be able. To, so let's say back in the day, so when I was collecting back in the '90s, packs of those were two hundred dollars a pack. Still a lot of money back then, but two hundred dollars a pack. But you know, somebody could have conceivably at that point in time had ten boxes, right? And they can go and they, they, they can look at and find all the, the the um the players on the top that would lead to a Jordan, set those all aside, and then go ahead and complete boxes with with packs that they assume don't have Jordans and sell that as it is. But right. now instead of getting three Jordans out of a box, you're gonna get zero out of a box and that right. changes the, the dynamic of what those are worth right. by a long shot. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and, and, and speaking of Jordan, so as as we're talking about the big card in this in this set, obviously is the Michael Jordan rookie card. Last year, recent sales at the time, you know, a PSA ten Jordan rookie were going for, um, if not a half a million dollars, even more. There there, there was a recent eBay sale at uh, four hundred fifty six thousand. You mentioned in that episode there was a golden auction uh, piece that went for seven hundred fifty thousand. Um, the most recent that I could find. Um, was a PSA 10 that sold this month, early May, uh, early May of 2022 for 310,000. So that is dipped as well. Still a lot of money for a card, but not the banana prices that they were, uh, back then. Yeah. Crazy. crazy. Imagine spending $700,000 on something and having it, you know, cut more than in half. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But conversely, I I always use this, you know, and it's just like, um, you know, Woulda, coulda, shoulda. So before the market exploded with COVID, a PSA 10 Jordan was a $60,000 card. So, oh, wow. You know, so you're looking no, at- you're still know, up. You're still X, up. Yeah, 5X value. So long as you bought it, you know, prior prior to. So. All right. And now, number one, this is great. This is great because not only it it's different than 86 Fleer, but- something about the piece so number one on the list 1985 so it's a repeat 1985 garbage pail kids first series um not baseball card exchanged uh but graded by collector archive services chris have you heard of collector archive services so they're like afa but better right that's what right right absolutely um they have a podcast so 
Um, it was originally listed at uh, thirty-four thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollars and ninety-nine cents, uh, and it sold for a best offer of twenty-eight thousand five hundred dollars, and it was a CAS seventy plus on the uh, on the grid. Outstanding. Yeah. That's very very interesting. Isn't that cool? The uh, the number one uh, you know most most expensive wax box sold thus far this year was CAS graded. That's it's great, and it was an eighty-six flare. Yeah, basketball. Yay. That's really cool, and, and and you know, for the folks that don't know, you know, um, we we do grade uh, wax boxes, and you know, you're looking at some of these. these I mean, a twenty five thousand dollar wax box, you can buy a car for what people are spending on some of these things. And uh, you think, of, you know, how are they really protected? And they're not, right? So at, at CAS, what we do is, you know, we we'll um, take a look at the, uh, the the box if it's if it's currently if it's BBC wrapped. Um, We'll keep it as it is, but if it's not, you know, we'll um, inspect the packs. We'll give you a pack grade and a box grade, and, uh, and and put it in acrylic for you graded. And you know, at some point in time, you know, it's in its infancy, but I can see, you know, just like anything else, you know, graded wax boxes are gonna gonna see a, a significant premium. There we go, eighty-seven tops. Love that set. I mean, you can you can. These are not fact. None of these are all factory sealed, but just in terms of uh, at a minimum. So many people are interested in these wax, the junk wax era, and the boxes are so easily uh, available and at, at, you know, cheap prices. Just having you guys encase them to be able to, um, you know, show them off at a minimum is, is worth uh, – it's well, worth yeah, a lot. Even holding it like that, you know, I notice obviously you're, you're you're very schooled at what you're doing, right? I notice that you're holding the box flap shut, and the reason why you're doing that is because if you didn't, you have a good chance of having a couple of packs slide out, right, and and, and fall. So you know, what, yeah, what you don't want to do is you know even if those were unopened packs, you don't want to ruin those things. And those boxes weren't designed in a way where you where tops had any inclination that people were going to keep them, display them. You know, so in order to, to keep them in really, really good shape, protecting them in a CIS case is definitely the way to go. And Kevin, you, you have a rack pack that's graded by CIS, don't you? Yes. Yes. No. Actually, same year, believe it or not. Yep. Oh, there you go. And that's something that you brought up, Chris. I mean, these are some of these. These are awesome, especially if there's stars on the front. How, how do you display something like that? Right. There's yeah, you know, rack packs. I mean, they were designed typically to be um, to be hung vertically so you know similar to that and if you if you notice like in kevin's pack the hanger tab has been ripped so there'd be no really good way to display that otherwise you know when cas goes ahead and, and grades it um you know you actually have the, the, the a way of spreading them out letting them be seen for all the glory front you can see the front and the back and if there is a star player on there you know you can display it outright I, like I, I had mentioned to you guys earlier off off air you know i have a 87 don ross uh mark mcguire Rated rookie, uh, a rack pack with him on front. You're one of my favorite um, players. You know, it's a really cool, iconic card, and, uh, and I can't wait to you know have have that on display in my office. And they they these rack packs are not sold anymore. No, nope. these 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 are iconic for so many, um, you know, collectors that you know when they look back on their childhood, the fact that. You know, now you can encase these, and you know, obviously, it's it's just so well done by CAS. But right. um, you can't get you can't buy rack packs today. They don't sell them. Nope, nope. It's a it's a forgotten forgotten art. 
I, mean, I remember going to, to Toys R Us and you'd see stacks and stacks of them and you'd try to search through to find the players you wanted on the top or I actually learned how to search what was in the pack. So I'd spend hours and hours and hours pulling out Griffey. Right. Gary Sheffield rookies out of 89 Don Ross. And you know. and going back to a previous discussion, it's it was only kids that did that back in the day. Oh, yeah. You know, you yeah. wouldn't have uh, yeah. 50-year-old men looking through them. <laughs> You mean like fifty, like fifty year old men that have like uh, shelves and shelves of Star Wars figures behind them? <laughs> you know what we don't judge here. This is a judgment free zone. <laughs> All right, folks. So as always, we like to end our show with uh, our two cents, right? And I've uh, we've asked we asked Kevin if if there's <coughs> something that he'd like to share for our two cents. Um, what do you got for us, Kev? Well, you know it's funny. Um, in um, in a YouTube video, you had uh, asked about my Holy Grail, something, a card that I would really want to get. And, you know, we talked about the 86 Michael Jordan. And this is a card that I've had that I actually, you know, picked out of a pack. And I've had all these years. Uh, and it's a night, it's, it's, it's a relatively popular one from the early years. Fleer, it's an 88 Fleer. Um, Jordan all-star card and you know it's this iconic picture yeah. of him flying through the air that you know they ended up um, having um, a company called Nike um, slapping on um, you know the, shorts the, and uh, yeah, shirts uh, yeah, made billions of dollars but yeah jump man yeah, jump yeah man so this yeah. this is um, you know raw I mean I don't know what it would be graded at I've still to this day not graded any cards that's a slam dunk contest, right? That's yeah, yeah, yeah. When you, when yeah. you jump from the foul line, yeah. So this Jordan is a Fleer All Star Team, Michael Jordan, nineteen eighty eight Fleer, um, and you know of all the cards, I think that I have this is this is up at, up there at the top. So that's that's uh, something that's uh, pretty cool because I originally got it back in a pack way back when. Awesome, cool, and yeah, that was actually a really cool set that uh, Scotty Pippen's rookie year. So you know, Michael Jordan had 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 a sticker card, had the All Star card, had his regular card, and Scottie Pippen made his debut, and that uh, that was the beginning of the Bulls dynasty. Chris, is there anything you don't know? I, I, you know, there's a, a game except show. for except for uh, what, except for what year the Buck Rogers uh, Uranium <laughs> Two Thirty Five pistol was manufactured. Other than that, is there anything you don't Kevin know? Kevin O'Keefe is is the reigning champion. <laughs> apparently, uh, apparently, there's somebody out there that knows more than Chris. I, I, I bow to the, the, the master at that, that one, that's for sure. So, well, very cool. We appreciate all you all for listening, and uh, you know, we enjoy doing this podcast. We appreciate all everybody, that all of our fans that do tune in, and uh, hopefully we get more and more each time. And until next time, uh, well, well, let's uh, thank Kevin for coming on for sure. Yeah, and, thanks uh, for coming on, Kevin. This is a whole lot of fun. Being such a good sport, uh, he, he, he won he – won, uh, a, a prize the last time we played our video our, our youtube game and, and uh for that he was punished so oh there yes. you go that's the prize from the last time that mando nice so yeah he, he, he was a winner and he's a winner again and now reigning champion of what the cas know um so thank you for coming on <laughs> and thank you everybody for listening until next time keep collecting my friends my friends